Welcome back to Mamas Have Special Needs 2. I'm your host, Ashley Johnston, and this is episode 127, Acceptance and Grief, part three. Welcome to the Mamas Have Special Needs 2 podcast, where we are learning to thrive in and enjoy our lives again. I'm your host, Ashley Johnston. Let's go. Hey, hey, welcome back to the podcast. Hope you're having a good week. Whenever you're listening to this, I am actually batch recording for the first time. I keep saying I'm going to do this like for months and months and months. I'm like, I'm going to record a whole month at a time and publish it. And it's been, um, you know, we'll just say a while since I've said that. But today is the day. I'm doing it. It's getting done. So whenever you're listening to this, I hope you're doing well. And let's hop right into acceptance and grief. I felt like this was a really important topic to address for mamas like us um, because I feel like grief can become a close companion for, um, you know, when, when your children struggle and they don't thrive the way that you had expected, um, it can really be disheartening. It can be sad because you keep grieving Every, every few milestones or so that aren't reached, there, there's a grief or perhaps, perhaps something changes or perhaps your child regresses or there's something new that you find out about their diagnosis or so many numerous things that I probably can't, I can't name right now and here on the podcast, but so many things can happen and change. There's so many losses and I'm not discounting all of the wins that happen. They are for sure there. We love these people, our children to death. And we, I, I just we are so proud to have them, honestly. Um, so proud to have them, but that doesn't discount or get rid of those moments that are grief filled, that hurt, that, um, that there's a loss. And sometimes the grief isn't, oh, I am experiencing a loss, but it is a loss on behalf of our children. Whether it's they're not making friends like other kids are, they're not able to, you know, um, whether they're, they're adults and meet those milestones of going to college and dating and getting married and having a family and then you having grandkids, you know, it's, you know, or maybe they're young still and it's, um, they're not being, they're not in a typical classroom. They're not invited to birthday parties. They don't have friends that they really hang out with. Um, you know, or they, they can't try all those classes, ballet or karate or band or what have you. And those can all be, you know, they can have a lining of grief in them. So as grief can become a close companion to moms like you and me, I think it's good to understand not just what things trigger grief or where it might come from and how to handle it, but how to befriend and accept grief as a bit of a companion in your life. Not a companion that's there all the time, but just a bit of a companion. So I want to separate grief into two separate categories. And there is a useful version of grief, which I feel is the genuine grief. And then there is a grief that has gone sour and is a chronic grief. 
Now, I do think that genuine grief can be technically classified as chronic because anything really outside of the six-month range is technically classified as a chronic. But I'm going to extend chronic to mean it's something that you are holding on to and keeping around intentionally, and it's not something that is necessarily surfacing organically when you encounter a situation that um, that you deem to, to be appropriate for grief. So the first kind of grief, the useful kind of grief, is something that is organic and triggered by, like I said, things that, you know, different milestones that aren't hit, things that are happening. And this kind of a grief is something that when you feel it and you process it, meaning you don't try to bury it, you don't try to make it go away, you let the tears flow if that's what's happening, you let the anger surface if that's what's happening, or the pit in your stomach, or, you know, however grief feels to you, you let that process through your body, you let it happen, you let it flow, and then you let it go. Like, you ride the grief like a wave that you would ride in the ocean, It's not something that you're trying to change or stop or bottle or reject. It's something that you feel. And I'm not saying you're going to enjoy it, but you're going to allow it, right? That is um, a kind of acceptance of, oh, this is grief. This is what I'm feeling. This makes a lot of sense. I'm just going to feel this because I am sad about this. This is a loss, And you can hold space for it, and then you can let it go when it's ready to leave. The kind of grief that has gone sour, the chronic kind of grief that you hold on to, is not good, obviously. Like I talked in my podcast on acceptance, part one, this kind of holding on to grief is a resemblance of the non-acceptance, is this shouldn't be happening. This is unfair. This is awful. Somebody should change this. This needs to be fixed. You know, why God me? Why God my child? Things like that. That is what takes the grief that you're feeling and sours it. And that perpetuates the grief. It adds an extra layer on the grief, not to mention a little bit of victimhood. So what I have found is that no matter how long the grief that you have felt has been soured, no matter how long it's been unuseful, you can turn it at any time into a useful, clean grief through acceptance. So I'm just going to outline a couple of things that I do to initiate acceptance of the grief that I'm feeling. And I start by stating the facts. So as an example, I have two kids with developmental delays and health issues. My kids can't speak verbally. My kids are not yet potty trained. My kids need extra help. They need special foods. They need therapy. I love them. I want them. I want to help them. I want to be useful to them. Okay, all of those are facts and facts of the present, and not like undisputable facts that you can prove in court kind of facts, because 
I love them, I want them. I don't necessarily think those are things that you can prove, but what I mean is that is a fact of the state of my being, right? It's, it is how I feel. It is what I want, right? That, that kind of a fact, right? Being honest with yourself. And maybe that's a better way to say it is to, to state honestly where you're at, to state honestly where your children are at, to state honestly why you feel loss and grief, right? To state those things as facts and as neutral facts, as, as if you are just observing that it is that way right now. What I have found is that when I do this, stating facts, I feel more grounded. I feel calm and I feel clarity. It's very clean and I guess I would want to say bright and light. And when it comes to grief, I find that is much healthier to deal with grief that way, to interact with grief that way. It promotes health, healthy acceptance. And healthy acceptance leads into helping you deal with your life instead of complaining, denying, or resenting your life. Terrible, hard, and heart-wrenching things happen in life. They just do. So now what? Don't fight them. Feel the grief. Accept the grief. Accept where you're at right now. And then start to integrate them. Try it. Let me know how it goes. Ashley Johnston coaching at gmail.com. It's down in the show notes. Until next time, take care. Hey mamas, listen, you can create the life and relationships you want as a mother raising children with special needs. And I can show you how. We can hop on a free Zoom call and talk about what you need, what you want, and what I have to offer. No pressure, and it'll be super fun to chat and connect. So send me a message on my Instagram, mamas have special needs too. The link's below, and let's hop on a call.